Hello, my friends, and welcome to Band Hacks, a podcast designed to discuss the many ins and outs of band directing in the great state of Texas. I am Doug Fullwood, and with me is Jason Webb, and we are coming to you from the Royce City ISD Performing Arts Center in Royce City, Texas, just east of Dallas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy as we get into all things band. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Band Hacks. Uh, it's been since December since we recorded last. Seems, yeah, it seems like forever ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it was forever, at least the holidays. It was last year, yeah. 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 Long, long time. Um, man, things are nuts right now. Yeah. It's it crazy just, busy. It seems like this is probably one of the busiest Januaries we've ever had. And what's interesting about that is we didn't do the musical in January. We did it back in December. Right. So not sure what's going on with that. Some kind of weird out of balance universe star galactic thing that's happening. <laughs> I, I don't know. So today we're going to um, we're going to get into what is probably going to turn out to be a little bit of an uncomfortable conversation um, that surrounds a couple of different topics. We're going to talk about burnout. We're going to talk about um, contracts and expectations for contracts, things that you're going to agree to if you're going to work somewhere, and uh, what's a reasonable work day, what's unreasonable, how do you find the balance. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about this new thing, quiet quitting, um, which is, is kind of interesting how you look at that. And then the last thing we'll talk about is we're going to talk about how to have an uncomfortable conversation with your supervisor. If you feel like that you're being overworked or that you just can't get it all done or any of those things. So great. And this is the, this is the perfect time for me to talk about this stuff with you because, because I'm your supervisor and we shouldn't across the table. Well, yeah. We get to be the example for an uncomfortable conversation. No, I was saying, <laughs> I was saying because we're talking about burnout and stuff, but yep. everybody's hopefully still a little bit recharged from you know Christmas break. Hopefully. Well, and that's the, the, that was one of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to, to talk about burnout now, because like there are some things that we can do, um, that we can, you know, put into place to kind of manage our, um, mental, emotional, physical health that, you know, can really help stem the burnout. You know, there's so many things that we have to do as educators, as teachers, and, and they're not all exactly written down somewhere, right? And so that, that really can become challenging. So let, let's get into that. So the first question, Jason, how, how do you define burnout personally? Just um, for me, it's just getting tired of the same thing every day, day in and day out. Kind of like the Dallas Cowboys and their inconsistency. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. I, I just trying to be positive about things here. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, burnout for me is, you know, the longer you work and the longer you get into the year without um, without breaks. Yep. And you have, you know, those several weekends in a row when you have activities and stuff. And then it's just, you know, Sunday flies by and then you're back at it on Monday. And it just, and that's and that's assuming you're not having to do stuff on Sunday. Right. Right. You right. Know, to to. Like maybe you did region band and you had some stuff you didn't quite get caught up on because you were out of school on Thursday or Friday because you were with kids, you know, those types right. of things. Yeah. You know, for, for me, it was always, you know, I would wake up, you know, and, and it would feel like five minutes went by 
only it was actually the whole night that had gone by. Yes. And I'd walk into the band hall and go, man, I have been here more than I have been in my house. And, you know, I'm like, if I could just set a cot up right over there in my office, then, you know, yeah. all I would need would be a shower, you know, and then I could just chill there instead of, and of course we didn't want to do that, but, sure. but, but, yes. but you get to the point where you have so many tasks and if, as we've talked about before, everything in our year is cyclical. So there's always something happening. There's always something getting we're ready having, for recruiting this weekend. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's always something that we're having to prepare for. And it's not just preparing one group, it's preparing multiple groups to do multiple things. And, and depending on the number of staff members you have, like burnout can really, it can really creep in. And then you get into a position where you're so burned out that even if you do take like a mental health day or take a couple of days off, you have so far to recover to get back to a good place that you come back and you still don't feel great right. you know so um so psychology today describes burnout as a state of chronic stress that leads to physical and emotional exhaustion cynicism detachment and feelings of ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment i i like that definition a lot actually now but how exactly does that that apply to teachers though like because that's just burnout in general yeah i mean for me I don't know. I mean, we're supposed to be focusing on the kids and well, that's part of it. Right. right. Yeah. But I mean, if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't, you know, if, if we're constantly stressed out, it's really hard to put others first. Yes. And yeah, it just, it just compounds itself. Well, and you know, most teachers in general, um, especially within the realm of their content, they're, they're high achievers. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, eager to please they're eager to get content and experiences into their students almost to the detriment of their own, you know, well-being. Right. And, and so, you know, it, it is in many ways a challenge and, and not the least uh, of those ways is for the longest time, especially in Texas, you know, the expectation when you were going to come in and do a job was it, they weren't really going to tell you how many hours you were going to spend. It was, you just go until you get the job done. Yeah. And that can be a really challenging position to be in, depending on how many staff members you have, depending on what your family situation is. I mean, you know, and, and unfortunately, for the longest time, it was like nobody was really concerned about, you know, the person doing the job. Yeah. They, were, they were concerned about the result of the students, and they were concerned about... Um, you know, positive PR and, you know, of course, accountability, test scores, those types of things. Sure. But it, it has not been until recently where you know, administrations have started to go, we have to do something about this. This is coming to a place between the legislature, between policies, and then there was COVID, right? Yeah. We have to, to find a way to not only um, – take better care of our teachers, but, but put some processes and plans in place where, you know, the expectation is not that you spend the entire, you know, uh, scope of your life in a band hall, in a classroom, you know? And, and so I, I think that's really, really important. So signs of burnout, if you're wondering, well, maybe I'm burned out. So Fatigue, sleep issues. Remember I mentioned the sleep issue? Like for me, waking up and going, I've been asleep for five minutes when right. it had really been like six hours. That that was a problem. Yeah. Um, 
repeated periods of forgetfulness and intense trouble concentrating. I had some of this too, like just being exhausted and get up. And of course, you know, historically I've always had high school band top ensemble or when I was doing small schools, the first, you know, the, the group was their first period. And so, you know, let's say you ended up with a Thursday night ball game. Um, then you're having to come to school the next day and then it's like, okay, what are we doing here? And, and then, you know, it, it just is, is just a nightmare, um, to try to put and string thoughts together. Like it's easier for me to do that on this podcast than it was to go in and teach sometimes after those long nights, Yeah, you know? Um, so well, the forgetfulness thing is, um, I mean, that's me every time I walk in your office. Yes, that's true. Because you so, leave stuff over on my table like, all the time. Leave stuff. You yeah, do. Okay. You do. Well, you haven't left today because you just got here. So, um, but but you know the other the other hard part about that is you know sleep not not getting enough sleep because of your engagement in your job. I mean that can lead to a whole myriad of other issues, including depression, anxiety. And, you know, the, those are things that like you can go find the scientific studies and it'll show you that, that that's a problem. Yeah. Um, appetite and weight issues. And that could be that you are comfort eating because you've got so much going on. You're like, I just got to I need a burst of energy. I need a chocolate bar. I need a 86 ounce of Dr. Pepper, you know, yeah. those types of things. Or it may be you go, I don't have time to eat. Therefore, I'm not going to eat. I'm just going to keep burning the candle here until I can't anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, those are some some signs of burnout. If you find yourself going, man, I don't really feel really good right now, but I have to move on to my next thing. Well, it's quite possible that you are being impacted by some of those those symptoms of burnout. Sure. You know, and, and the hard part is only you can decide when that's where you are. Um, but if you have people around you, you have a, a spouse, if you have, um, you know, family that's going, Hey, you, you really seem like you're, you're tired. You, you need to listen to that. That's, and I am the world's worst about this. I'll just, I'm going to go ahead and just say that right now. I'm the world's worst about taking advice from other people on taking care of myself when I need to, you know? Um, and, and that's, that's something I'm trying to work on, trying to be better about, you know, if, if I need, if I'm feeling sick, if I'm, you know, I used to, if, if I did not have a fever, I was coming to work. That was just my approach. And, and, and that was a dumb approach, but, (laughs) but, but I mean, that's, that's what it was. Cause what's going to happen if I'm not there, you know, what's going to happen if I'm not there to do this? Well, world's still going to spin. Sun's still going to come up. It, it really is Bain's going to, still going to get better, but yeah, it's still going to be okay. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Yeah. And, and that, but, but it's so funny that we, we get in that, that realm of, I just simply have to be there. This, like this job, this thing is the most important thing to my whole existence. At least that's the way that, that I was. Um, and, and I have a completely different mindset on that now because the job is, is not, you just, you have to be really careful about allowing yourself to be defined by the job. Yeah. You really do. And, and we've talked a little bit about this before in the, the beyond band episode that we did, but if, if, if you're, what do they tell you on the airplane, right? If the oxygen mask comes down, you need to put the oxygen mask on, on yourself you first. Yeah. So you can save others. Right. Yep. And, and that is such a great, 
you know, analogy uh, for what we do. Cause it's like when you get into education, you're okay. I have to focus on all my kids. I have to, I have to save, right. Quote unquote, save all my kids. Got to make sure they have all this information. Got to make sure they're successful. Got to blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, you're draining every ounce of your own wellness, uh, self, um, preservation. You're, you're just throwing all that away. Um, so you can get from point A to point B and then move on to whatever the next task is in the cyclical year, or at least that's the way I was. And I have a feeling if, if I was like that, I imagine some more of you out there are like that too. And so that's, that, that was why we wanted to talk about this today and kind of talk about what's reasonable, what's not reasonable. Um, you know, and just get into, it it is a mental health part of, of what we do, but it's also important to understand the requirements of the job that we are agreeing to work. Yeah. Like I think, I think both sides are really important. So, um, what else on burnout, Jason? No, I just, I liked your analogy with the, the airplane mask and, and, yeah. and everything. Well, that's um, not mine. I'm, I don't know. Well, who created no, that. I mean, but putting, putting that in, in, into this, this topic, but, um, you know, I would just say, I don't want to say this, but <laughs> you know, if my kid was sitting right next to me, you know, I, I would think about like, you know, putting, putting the mask on them first. And I know that's why they say that. Right. right. But, um, you just have to be careful that you don't take so long putting the airplane mask on yourself that everybody else dies. Yeah. You know, and I know that that's where we're kind of getting into with, yes, uh, that's with uh, reasonable expectations right, and stuff. Right. I th- yeah. I, could we make it less uh, ominous though? Well, yeah, maybe yeah. just I mean, <laughs> be, how about begins to asphyxiate yes, instead of loses dying. consciousness. There yes. we go. There we go. <laughs> Come on, man. This is a clean show. Sorry. 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 That's all right. So, yeah. And so, well, well, let me ask you this. Like, what are the types of things that you do when you, when you recognize or you feel that you're burned out? or you start to head that direction, what do you do to avoid that? I, um, and I don't know that my wife will like me saying this. Okay. But, um, <laughs> just because, you know, we I can, we can have her on next time. Yes, absolutely. Um, when I am, when I am really busy now and I feel like I've just worked the entire week constantly and stuff and, and that I should just, you know, go home and like just spend the entire time with my family and everything. Yeah. I, I don't tend to, like in the past, I don't tend to do anything for um, like myself or I don't tend to want to go do things with my family that are not like just sitting down and just like taking a break. Right. And so uh, in the past, it has been really easy to just say like, okay, I'm just not going to do anything. Yep. And and now I'm making a, I am making an effort to whether it's for me or for my family, like for instance, you know, this week has been super busy, mm-hmm. but on Friday night, I'm going to daddy daughter dance with, yes. my, with my daughter. Yes. Can't it's our first for, one. Can't and, wait for those pictures. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and usually on the weekends, you know, I get done, we, we work on Saturday at, um, at region. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, on Sunday I'll go play golf with, with my buddies mm-hmm. and thanks for the invite. By I'm way. sorry. I'm sorry. I invite you. I no, invite you don't. You. Yeah. You're invited next time. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but part of me wants to stay in bed. Part of me wakes up early in the morning mm-hmm. before anybody else wakes up and it's yeah. like, all right, I'm going to get up and go play golf. I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. But then I also think, man, it would just be so easy to just not do anything to me. Right. And then I think, well, if I don't do anything, then I mean, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything for myself, essentially. I don't know that sometimes you need a break, but 
I've made myself get up and go play golf so yeah. that, so that I have that non band time. Yeah. And, and I think too, going and having, you know, part of the, the hardest part is getting out of bed, getting in the shower, getting in the car and going, right. Yep. Especially if the weather's not great. Right. But, but you, you do have to have something that is yours. Um, yes, you have to have family time. You have to have, um, you know, job time, but you also have to have time where, you hang out with buddies or, you know, girlfriends or, or whoever, you know, your friend, friend people are, um, or you go do something individually. Like you go play, you know, in a golf tournament, you have a group of golfing buddies, you go hunting, you go do whatever the, these things are with a, a bunch of people that are not really band directors. They are yeah. other people from other walks of life. And, and you do that to kind of re-energize yourself because if you kids hear what I know, if I stay at home and don't have something else to focus on, I'm thinking about band. I'm yeah. sitting in my house thinking about band, right. which is just, again, leading to more potential burnout, you yeah. know? And so, and, and part of that, I, I have no doubt that it's a personality flaw of mine where it's just like, I just have to keep working. I just have to keep doing yeah. this, um, you know, and, same way. And, and, and I know a lot of you out there listening are exactly that way too. And you do have to pump the brakes. You just do. Uh, and there's some seasons of life where it's harder than others to do that, but you want to try to be as intentional as possible about, okay, look at your, your monthly calendar and go, go okay, where, are, where's the time for family? Where's time for myself? And then where is that sprinkled in with all of the job expectations that you have, you right. know? And, um, and the hard thing is it's hard to quantify the amount of time it takes you to respond to parent emails until after you've done it. Absolutely. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so there's that piece of it too, is you're, you're working with some unknowns as you try to plan out your month, but, but there are some boundaries and things that you need to set in terms of when I'm home, if the phone rings after a certain, and, and I'm preaching myself here too, sure. right? When I'm home, if the phone rings or I get a text after a certain time, I, I don't need to engage in that communication. Sure. I just don't, if it's a friend. Okay. But if it's something from work, no, I, I don't need to do that. You know? Um, now the difference is of course, if you're on a student trip and your phone rings and you have kids in your possession and it's after seven, you better answer the phone. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah. so I think it's, it's understanding where those times are, um, what is protected family time, what is work time. And sometimes those can cross into each other depending on the schedule. You have to be really, really careful. Sure. And, and it's hard too. I know for me, when I would get through with like a big man trip or something, I, I hadn't seen my family for a couple of days. Yeah. And then I come back and here's my family and I'm just like, I'm so tired. I can't even move, you know? And, and it just, it's almost, um, it, it becomes counterproductive because you, you come home and I'm so happy to see my family and we all sit around and watch TV and, you know, yeah. and so where we could, let's go to dinner let's go see a movie. Let's, you know, we'll go for a walk. Let's, let's do something that is not, um, sit here and, you know, wait for the next episode of whatever to drop on Netflix. Right. Right. Just have your email inbox open. And I mean, yeah, if, that, if exactly. If it's. If if the if your email inbox is anything like mine, I I, I mine is completely empty usually, with the exception of something that I can't that's get. That's because to. that's because you don't read emails; you just delete no, them. No, whatever. I do delete <laughs> a lot of emails, but no, I you know if a 
I have several times this year responded to parents, and while I'm responding and hitting send, I can still see the timestamp, and it says sent zero minutes ago. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> you're all I'm the winning, fastest responder of <laughs> responder of every anybody, you know. And and it's just now. Have you uh, you just received an award for that at any point? I'm. I mean, you're my boss. I'm waiting on it. Yeah, well, you're probably going to wait a lot longer. You can borrow some of the band medals. I have a band medal. You yeah, can give there. Me. You go. Just give award you, it to me at the just give yourself next a, faculty meeting. A, you got a first division, <laughs> yes. state level typing, responding to emails. Yes. So. Yeah, and and you know, Jason brings up a good point. Like, don't be responding to email when you're hanging out with your family. Just just don't. You don't need to. Um, you know, just and in fact, and this is something I've not tried, but I've know a number of guys that are really successful with this. Uh, my position now is a little bit different, and so I don't feel good about not having email. Uh, around when I'm traveling, or it's just things move so fast, and that's something that I still need to get better about. But a lot of guys are like, no, I'm not going to put my school email on my personal phone. This is my personal phone. No. I will respond to emails during working hours. And and I don't think there's anything in the world wrong with that. Sure. I just don't. Um, and, and I think a lot of times that's helpful. Now, I will say this. If your personality is more like mine, where I was more, if there's a problem or issue, I want to address it right now because I... If I don't, it's going to just send me into a spiraling mess of yuck mentally until it gets resolved. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but, so you come to work, hey, everything's great. You open up your email. It's like, you know, it's not a good feeling. But at the same time, you know, I think there's some, some level of we have to disconnect from the electronics, from the communication you have to, because if you don't, you never, you never will get to rest. I, I can attest to that 100%. The, the day, the day that I stopped thinking about band 100% of the time was the day that I became the director of fun arts. And, and I mean, that was, and, and there, there's probably so many people in my life that I need to go back to and go, I'm sorry. I just, you know, my wife, my daughter about, I am just banding, band, 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 band. And, and there's no doubt that I had points where I was burned out. I yeah. know, I know that now because I don't feel like that anymore. You know sure. what I mean? And so anyway, I know it's probably too much information, but, but I just, I, no, I, I know there's people out there that feel exactly the same way that I do. And I'm, I'm just telling you like, man, stop, stop doing that. You need to pump the brakes. You need to figure out how to, do some things a little bit differently so that the burnout doesn't creep in. You know, you're just making a lot of people jealous right now, including me. Why? Because you don't have to worry about band all the time. (laughs) You're not burned out on it and stuff. I'm not burned out, but I'm just saying that like, I know that feeling for sure. But, but hang on though. Again, from a personality standpoint, I I don't worry about band all the time, but I do worry about band and choir and theater and dance and art and me. And and in you, what's what's the next <laughs> thing coming out of your mouth, and and so, but but the difference is is, uh, you know, being in a support role, where you know if you bring a problem to me, it's not necessarily something that I caused that I created. I mean, it might be, but a lot of times it might be. Okay, how do we need to address this student issue, this parent issue? this whatever. And, and so like that stuff doesn't bother me. I yeah. will move from problem to problem depending on what the, the, the thing is. 
and then yeah. it stays at work. It's a lot. It's a lot easier to not take it personal in your position from, Absolutely. from separate programs. Absolutely. Now yeah. there are always times where parents want to come up and go, "I can't believe you allowed this to happen." Right, you watch, right. and you're like, "Okay, yeah, mm-hmm, thanks." <laughs> you, you know, and and but but that's a whole a whole nother topic in terms of parents understanding yeah. this side of the job. You know, so anyway, okay, so that, that we beat burnout to death. So just yeah. if you're if you're feeling burned out, burned out on talking about burned burnout. out. On, yes, right. Um, but if you're feeling that way and you feel like you have no idea how to manage that, man, reach out. Um, please reach out and let us help you, put you in touch with some people who can help you better um, organize your your existence, your life, your all those things. Uh, because there are certainly right ways and wrong ways to do it. And, and again, historically, traditionally in Texas, you know, especially band directors, coaches are the same way. It's like, okay, here's your salary and your extra days and stopping or whatever we're going to give you. And you're just going to be up here working, you know, whatever it takes to get the job done. And like there, it was almost like wearing it as a badge of honor when in fact it really wasn't a badge of honor. It was, I have so much pressure to get this done that I use all of the energy I have for this resulting in nothing left over for the people in my life that I love and want to, you know, remain connected with. Yeah. And, and, and it'll, it'll get you. So, all right, let's, let's move on. So let's talk about this reasonable workday expectations for a band director. What is reasonable? Just in general, like for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, obviously teach all my classes, assist in the classes that I'm not the head director in. Okay. And then, um, you know, we do weekly sectionals, but we all do our own ensembles. Right. And then, um, for the wind ensemble currently we do morning rehearsals okay but um i don't well, like you, like i, you I have I, that first period you're starting early correct right? i'm starting yeah. early for yeah. first period um but for me that that particular portion of it i have other staff members that are doing sectionals for their ensembles sure. during those morning hours sure um and then you know we've got workday expectations with regards to like extra events whether it be, you know, you have a clinician in outside the school day, whether right. you have a Monday night rehearsal uh, as you get closer to contest, um, and then your high school or middle school expectations from your principal, whether right. that's Bulldog Review, uh, where we, you know, recruit other kids, whether sure. that's, you know, fifth grade recruiting into band. Yeah, because all uh, that's spinning up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, parent meetings, and then obviously all the other outside of the school day band stuff, like solo and ensemble and Right. Those right. things. Well, so let me, I know, and again, I know this has been a really busy week, but you know, typically let's say that, um, let's say it's a normal week. Okay. okay. It doesn't matter the season. Generally speaking, about what time do you feel like everybody on your staff gets home? Um, on a, like a just yeah. everybody the just, same. Let's let's say that like there's no event. Let's say we're on a Tuesday. Okay. There's no booster meeting. Okay. There's no event. It's just simply no we, outside of the school day rehearsals or. Well, it could be. It could okay. be. But but like you know, it's a Tuesday, and what does a normal Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday look like? What time are you starting your day? What time are you getting home? Yeah. Um, so we're starting our day. If we have sectionals before and after school, which some of us do, some of us have morning sectionals, some of us have afternoons. It just depends, of, right? It just depends yeah. on the day, yeah. yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that anybody is starting their day earlier than 7.30-ish, okay. 7.15 at the school. 
Um, I say that now, I, mean, I had sectional today at seven o'clock, now the, but it wasn't on Tuesday. Now that does get challenging too, though, if you have staff members who don't live in Correct. the district and they're commuting in, right? Absolutely. So that could be challenging too. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, seven, seven, 15, seven 30, if they're doing their morning sectionals and then after school, um, if they don't have sectionals after school, they're probably leaving at four 15, okay. uh, which is that's when, when the, all the teachers can leave. When the high school says everybody yes. can go. And if they are doing sectionals, which I know our, our middle school staff has some afternoon sectionals as well, uh, they're leaving, probably waiting on a few kids to get rides. They're leaving at 5 o'clock. Right, leaving at 5. Okay. So. The, the school day is required to, they're required to be from like 8 to 4.15 typically right. on most campuses. Right. Um, and so if you do a morning rehearsal and you're like, okay, I don't want to schedule an afternoon rehearsal as well. Right. You know, then you're working from. Seven, you get to school 15 minutes early. You're working from 7.15 until 4.15. Right. Uh, now, if it's a super busy day and you have morning and afternoon sectionals that particular day, like like today I had the 7 o'clock sectional, and then I'll still have um, like middle-of-the-day sectionals during power hour. Right, right. So, but let me ask you, like who sets up all of that schedule? Um, as far as your extra stuff. Extra stuff? Yeah. Uh, for sectionals, we set up our own sectionals. Okay. So, uh, whenever so we can give, work it in, work it into our day. You give the staff autonomy to do that within the scope of their school day. The only yes. requirement that you place on them is you need to hold sectionals with your kids. Correct. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I think what, what we're looking at here is what is reasonable. And what you're talking about sounds reasonable right up until the point where now we add a region band on top of that. Sure. And now we add a uh, region clinic concert. We add a musical. We added this, we added that, we added this. And then we do that. We do that in a couple of weeks in a row. Right. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, we are doing our jobs. We are, you know, completing our responsibilities, but we're still whooped because of the rigors of the job. Yeah. And so I think that's something that, that we all need to acknowledge is that, um, you know, the whole job of just being a band director, being a, it doesn't matter what instrument you play, there are rigors of the job that come with it if you're going to do the job. And, and you know, part of it is not, it's, you know, I guess where I get is I know there's this school of thought that, well, whatever we are working on we should be able to complete during the day and go home and you know have our family time and whatever and i'm not necessarily disagreeing with this that should be a thing but what i'm saying is as a is a band director in texas to have success to get programs to where you want them to be it is it is very very rare that you can get that all done in the period of a work day sure it just, um, and I don't and know. No, I, I totally agree. I, with regards to like my sectionals, like I, I am able to do some sectionals during power hour along with Mr. King, um, that are during the school day. None of the other staff members have that option for the most part. There might be a bulldog block over at one of the middle schools that they're allowed that they get like one sure. section in. Um, but that's why I do morning rehearsals right. because I, I'm still coming in early to do all of that. Right. Um, the only, I don't know. The only exception to the rule, I think, would be 
um, and, and some of you listening are probably lucky enough to have this, and I don't know if you would think you're lucky or not, but um, block scheduling. And so when I was in high school, we had um, band every day, but we only had four classes a day. And yeah. so we had an hour and a half band class every day. Yeah, that was, and that was, a, that was in another state. Right? Correct. Yes. Um, but I know that some people have like double blocked band or, or something like that, where they have band year round and it's an hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes a day. Right. And, um, you know, I could see like not needing to do outside of the school day rehearsals there, depending sure. on, depending on the literature you're playing. Right. Well, let's, let's look at it from a couple of different perspectives though, too. You know, most band directors in Texas are on at least an 11, 10 and a half, 11 month, 11 month contract. Okay. Yep. So essentially what we're talking about there is the school district is adding days at your daily rate above and beyond the classroom teacher class, typical classroom teacher contracts, 187 days. So the district is acknowledging that you're going to be working extra days. Number one. And number two, on top of that, there's usually a stipend involved for, um, extra activities. Okay. And we're, we're a lot of districts and, I, and I'm, I'm going to address this right now just because there are a lot of districts that don't look at this correctly. Um, additional days on a contract. Okay. We, we all start in late July or August or wherever, wherever we start a stipend should not really be assigned for that time period because you're talking about several weeks. Yeah. And then you're also talking about several Saturday events throughout the school year. So really what that is, is that's extra days is what that should be. Sure. Now, that said, a lot of districts, depending on how they structure their pay scale, things have to look pretty similar in terms of positions. They don't want to, because all of, all of the pay scale is a matter of public record. What everybody's making is a matter of public record. People can find out. It's, it's not a huge mystery. Okay. Yeah. But there are things they have to kind of keep in line. So for example, if the AD is, is, you know, the high school football coach is making a $20,000 stipend and the head band director is making like, you know, 2000, obviously that's a huge imbalance of stipends. Okay. So they need it all pretty much level of position. Like all of that kind of needs to be in the same range for that district. If that makes sense, yeah. cost of living and all that good stuff. But the extra time that we spend, um, you know, after school, before school, um, that's really stipended time, if, if we're going to be honest about it, okay? Yeah. The extra days that we're working, legit extra days, are the time that we spend in the summer, the time that we spend, um, you know, on all-region Saturdays, those types of things. You're looking at me funny. Well, I, no, I just have a question. Oh, okay. So... Say, for instance, okay, you have the band staff, yeah. right? And we have a, let's say, is it an 11-month contract. How many yeah. days is that again? Uh, 209, I think. Okay. So yeah. 209, and, um, you know, we work we work several Saturdays throughout the year, right? right? But on a 209-day contract, if the underwater basket weaving teacher yeah. has a 209-day contract, yes. there's a set number of days um, assigned by administration correct it says your start date is this date yes your end date is this date that is correct but they i would i would think it would be close to impossible to figure out like the band staff schedule throughout the year as to like okay they have yeah. all region they well, have all state uh, yes all this. well and you can you can add all of that up but here here's really where i'm going with all of this sure. okay 
the the days are the days the stipend is the stipend um and what ends up happening is a lot of districts look at it as this is the way that i'm going to compensate you for all of the extra time that you're going to spend doing this job we're not putting a clock on it the only clock we're putting on is we're saying your report to work day is this day the last day of your contract is this day yeah that's what they're saying um when you're off of contract stipend really shouldn't be into play because you've already been paid that money for that time. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, now, of course, most school districts will, um, they used to give you the option where you could be paid nine months versus 12 months. Now I've, most of the school districts, yeah, yeah. They, they annualize it. So you get, you get paid each month. And you know, a lot of, a lot of people are like, well, it must be nice to, you know, be in the summer and not work. And, and I'm just like, dude, we are working. Yeah. We are, we are continuing to be paid for the work that we have done. Yep. That that's how that, that's how that works. And so, but, but what you have to be careful of is there are districts that are especially small schools where they'll go, well, no, the stipend covers all that extra time that you're spending. Okay. And then the director goes, well, okay, I got to spend like 12 extra days to get up here and get all this stuff done. Now, a little caveat here. Sometimes the director thinks they need to go up and work on something and they really don't. Sure. It's just that they haven't figured out an efficient way to manage that yet. Right. Yep. And that's another, that's another problem. But if, if you're in a position where you are going up and you are working, let's say you get a $5,000 stipend and you're having to, uh, you don't get any extra days and you're having to spend two weeks, three weeks before school starts, that is probably a conversation that you need to have with administration because all you're getting paid is your 187 days and a few thousand dollars for how many hours of work? Right. And I, I, you know, and, and we get into this weird place of crossing over hourly to days and, you know, if I just counted up all the hours that I spent, but okay, yes, that's, that's exactly right. Which is one of the reasons why, you know, certified educators are a salaried position. And we yeah. know, we know the average teacher is going to teach five to six classes a day, maybe more depending on what the schedule is, or maybe less, um, preps if it's a block schedule, but we know that teacher's going to be busy all day. And, and if they do get a conference, it's likely going to be taken up at some point with a PLC yeah. where they're not really getting a conference. And so, and, and when are they supposed to grade papers? When are they supposed to, you know, hear chair tests? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, it's one of those where to say that we can just cram it all into the school day, even if you are a 187 day contract and you're teaching third grade math, that's not a thing. It right. does not happen. And so for, for, you know, a band band guy or a coach or somebody else to go, well, I should just be able to squeeze this in logistically. It can't work like that because of the scope of the job. It just doesn't, yeah. which is why you get the days, you get the stipend, you have bargaining power for negotiating, you know, higher salaries. And if you want some tips on, how to do that, please reach out to me. I'll be happy to share some of that information with you. Um, and we might even do an episode on that. Maybe, maybe I just record our conversation on that and then I play it back to you, like play back your, you talking about how to negotiate a salary when I'm asking you, right? Since you're my boss. Yeah, but you don't need to ask me because I've already submitted. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just playing. Oh, you're such a butt. Now, <laughs> The the way, and I'll just tell you how I've, I, and it's maybe wrong, but the way that I've always mm -hmm. 
seen it now that I have, you know, that I was a band director with extra days and yeah. a stipend. Right. Um, was, you know, this is the start date, this is the end date. Yes. Um, and that covered like, okay, I'm, I'm up there working. Yes. Summer band and I'm, you know, working at the even, end of the year. You're and all even that working stuff. beyond the last class day because right. that's part of your contract. Yes. That's right. Um, but everything else was was like stipend time, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like I was counting those Saturdays because, you know, if I have a kid one year that makes it to area, yeah, I got to go judge area. Right. If but, I don't have a kid that makes area, I don't have to go judge area. Right. But what I'm saying is, you're you're exactly right, and that that's a, an okay way to look at it. But nothing is cookie cutter. I'm going to count the number of hours. Right. I'm going to count the number of days, and it's going to equal what the yeah. contract term is. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think that like the district has the, like this pot of money that says like, Oh, this teacher worked a little bit of overtime. Let me pay him like their hourly wage. Okay. Well, actually, actually there are supplemental duties that yes. teachers can do, um, that they, they have to be paid by law. However, supplemental is not covered by a contract that's completely separate right. and it's a different pile of money. Yep. And, and you do, in that case, get paid on an hourly basis if right. you end up with one of those So things. we Yeah, we pay one of our, our music teachers to come in and, and help us with beginner testing. Right, right. And so we she doesn't have to fill out a vendor form because she's already an employee, so it's, right. it's just added. Yeah, added. exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so, you know, depending on your district and how they handle that. And, you know, just like I've said before, for every CFO, chief financial officer, or money person in a district that thinks one thing, I'll find you somebody else that will tell you something completely different. Sure. But but in the, in the framework of all of this, you know, if it, what I'm, I'm trying to get across is this. Um, the way that you look at your days, the way that you look at your stipend, it needs to be reasonable. I, I think the first thought is this is the school district's attempt to compensate me for the time that I'm going to have to spend in this role whatever that role is. Now that of course changes depending on the size of the school, how many people you have on your staff, all of that, that's different, you know? And like we were talking about earlier before we started recording the, you know, a small school, one person staff member, um, with no assistance, no nothing. It's just that person. Right. I mean, that is, that is a very large, even if you've got small groups, that's a very large responsibility. Um, if you are the lead director and have several staff members, that is also a large responsibility in a different way. Right. And, and so neither of which is like less important or less, oh my gosh, this is a butt whipping. It, I mean, they, they all have their own challenges. And if you're on a staff too, that can be challenging. If you're not setting the rehearsal schedule, you're not controlling your time with your family because you are having to adhere to what your supervisor is asking you to do. Right. Sure. That can be challenging too. And, and again, we'll talk about how to have those conversations, but here's where I think the crux of all of it is before you started working as a certified educator, you agreed to a contract, whatever that contract term was, that's what you agreed to. And you agreed to the stipend and there's some wording in that contract the school district does set up those days from this day to this day and say, these are the days that you're going to work, right? They do say that. However, there is some wording in the contract that you need to understand. And, and I'm, I'm curious, ask yourself, have you ever read entirely through your contract top to bottom before you signed it? 
Like ask yeah. yourself that question. Have you? Yes. Have you? Yes. Yeah. I have too. I have too. But, but here's the thing. Not everybody does. Yeah. What they go, what they do is they go, okay, here's my contract. My, they double check a couple things. What's the, the, the term. So 10 month, 11 month, 12 month, whatever. If your district puts the um, salary specifically in your contract, what ours does is they do the salary schedule, yeah. you know, and then that exists in another location. So our salaries are not actually printed on our contracts, but we do get notice of pay uh, at the beginning of the year, yeah. you know, so that, that does come out. But, but here's the thing. If you are in a position and granted, before you take a job, you really should be talking to whoever your supervisor is and going, okay, what are the expectations? What are you guys looking for? And a lot of times, you know, principals will not say, I expect you to be up here every waking moment, but directors interpret it. Well, but I have to be in order to do X, Y, and Z, you know, yeah. uh, especially those of us that are like intrinsically motivated that way. And we just know we have to do that. You know, right. it's like, well, the library is a disaster. I got to go up there and organize that. Uh, we got to send repair it. Um, got to, our library is in good shape. I know it is. I know. Cause in, in, yeah, the kids did a great job of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, I mean, like I remember, you know, when I was, um, yeah, I was in a, a previous school district and every Sunday during marching season, if I wanted lines on the field, I was the one that went up and striped it. You know, yeah. I could have done it on a Saturday, but I, I chose Sunday cause I wanted Saturday off. But, and then it got real bad when it was raining because sometimes it's like, um, I'm raining and, or it's raining and, um, I just striped it and it lasts two days. We still have to march on it. And then I'm back out there on a Wednesday afternoon hitting it again. Oh. And, and of course the, the, you know, some of you are going to laugh at this cause you, you know, it happens. The more we march down those lines, the more they spread and spread and spread. Yep. And now all of a sudden, you know, instead of a normal yard line width, it's like, you know, a foot and a half or yeah. some crazy yeah. thing. So, so yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, let's talk about this. Um, let's talk about, uh, some of the language in the contract. So here's one of the first things, and this is a pretty generic contract. Um, and so this one is actually a 12 month. So it says you will be employed on a 12 month basis for the 2022, 2023 school year, according hours and dates set by the district as they exist or may hereafter be amended. So I want you to see that they are telling you we're going to set the dates, but we can also change that. And you're agreeing to it. That's the first thing. Work schedule, scheduled days and hours of employment as established relative to the specific job subscription or excuse me, description <laughs> may be amended at any time during the term of this contract. So even if you go in and go, Hey, what are your expectations when you want me here? All of that can be adjusted with appropriate notice and within the guidelines of the contract. Sorry. That's what it says. Yeah. And, and it is a legal and binding document. Now, of course, if you're in disagreement with their interpretation and you want to go to court over it, I mean, that's your choice. But what I really want to get across is, Everyone who's sitting there today going, this is stupid. I shouldn't have to be here this many hours. Oh my gosh. Please understand that you agreed to this situation when you accepted the job. Okay. Now that's not to say that there's not room for improvement and, and we don't need to be considerate of our staff because that's one of the reasons why we're seeing teachers bail out so fast is because administrators for the longest time, were just like, nah, I'm going to do this. You, you just have to be here. 
You know, in fact, yeah. we're going to do meet the teacher and it's going to last 27 hours. And even there's <laughs> only 24 hours in a day. And, and, and so, you know, I, I think the weird and interesting thing about the contract is the contract is very specific with what can and can't happen as we approach our pay and the scope of our job. It's not as specific because of the things and the goals that we are trying to achieve. Like you don't go in and, and typically go, and we'll talk about quiet quitting in a second. You don't typically go, I'm going to show up to work. I'm going to do just enough, like an office space, just enough to not get fired. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and a lot of people are taking that approach and it's like, you know, let's go after the company and let's, this is stupid. I should be compensated. I should not have to talk to you on the weekend. And I think all of those things are legitimate, but I also think there's a way to approach that with whoever your employer is. So just, just something to think about. Um, you know, in, in our cases, um, you may end up with a dual assignment where you're a band director, but you may be on multiple campuses. So you may end up, it may actually carry that role, uh, that multiple role statement. So your dual assignment may require you to begin work before the start date specified in paragraph two. There it is. And to continue to work after the end date spec specified in paragraph 1.1. Your compensation under paragraph 4.1 includes pay for this additional work. Okay, so that's that. So we understand the school district establishes the, the place where we work. They establish the days. They establish the hours that we're supposed to be in the classroom and where we can leave. That's what they establish for us. And then we have this extra time that we know we've got a stipend and we've got extra days for. Okay, so let's talk about duties real quick. Okay, and that's not my word. It's what the contract says. Um just saying. So this is a uh, option three here or section three. It says you agree to perform your duties as follows 3.1 general standard. You agree to the duties of the position assigned as prescribed by state law, state regulations, and the district with reasonable care, skill, and diligence. That is a not you will sort of you agree. Okay. Yeah. Next statement. You understand the district shall have the right to assign or reassign you to positions, duties, or additional duties, and to make changes in responsibilities, work, or transfers at any time during the contract term. Which means if my boss decided I needed to go manage food services, he could come in and go, hey, Doug, I'm going to move you over to food services. And I would have a choice. I would either do that and go do that job until the end of the contract. Or I would say, I'm not willing to do that. And then I resign and then they get to decide what they want to do with my certificate. Can they come after it because I'm in breach of contract? They most certainly can. And so that's something else. Now, a lot of districts don't like to do that because they end up tied up in legal battles and that costs money. And, and a lot of districts are really cool about um, if you find a better gig um, that's better for you, better for your family. And, and e even if you need to go earlier than, you know, the end of the year, if there's a viable replacement, they may let you do that. But again, this is what you're agreeing to. This is, these are the terms that you're agreeing to. So supplemental duty, um, that was what we were talking about earlier. The payment for supplemental duty, that's secondary. Okay. Um, so, the, and then there's a statement here. It says, if you are assigned to supplemental duty, the start and end dates for the supplemental duty may be different from the start and end dates under this contract. So supplemental very much means supplemental. Okay. Um, we talked a little bit about the dual assignment. Um, now, okay, let's get into some rules here. 
and I'm, I, I promise I'm not trying to read it, you guys. It's just that most people do not understand this. They sign this document. They don't understand what they're agreeing to. And then they spend huge copious amounts of time complaining about the situation that they are in when they didn't bother to find out what it was going to be like. And, and then around and around we go. So uh, rules. Uh, let's see here. You agree to comply with all board and district directives, state and federal laws and rules, district policy and regulations as they, they exist or may hereafter be amended. In addition, you may or you shall comply with applicable rules of the university interscholastically. Not all contracts say that. Ours does. So that's something to be aware of. Professional growth and improvement requirements. It is understood and agreed, agreed by the parties to this contract that you will comply with any and all professional growth and improvement requirements as may be prescribed by the district or its designee. Not to mention those of us that have renewable certificates, we have to have a certain amount of hours to maintain that certification. So something else to think about. All right, here we go. Salary, my favorite. The district shall pay you according to the compensation plan adopted by the board each school year which before you accept a job, you should never accept a job and not know what the salary for the position is going to be, ever. You should never, ever do that. If you're a basic classroom teacher, and when I say basic, I don't mean that um, in a derogatory way at all. What I'm saying is if you simply teach a subject, you don't have outside of the school day things other than tutoring, right? That's a 187-day contract. If, if that's what you're doing, then you're your salary is going to be according to whatever level you are on in comparison to the district salary scale. So if you're a first year teacher, you're going to start out level zero. Right now, if you're a band director, if you're a coach, or if you do additional activities, you will likely have additional days like we talked about earlier, or you'll have a stipend on top of that. Okay. Now additional days, let's talk about this for just a second. Most school districts, what they will do is they'll look at whatever scale you're on, whatever level of, you know, TRS years credit you have, and they will say, okay, here is your base salary at 187 days, right? So whatever that is. So let's say it's 50 grand, okay? okay. So if I'm going to make 50 grand, but then you're going to give me 22 extra days, right? Yep. So what I'm going to do with my calculator, because I can't do that math in my head, right? is I'm going to go, I need to figure out my daily rates. So if I'm making 50 grand and then you're going to give me 22 days, what I need to do is go, okay, 50 grand. I'm going to divide that by 187. And that's going to give me, well, let me double check that. Somebody, people need to stop texting me during the show. Um, divided by 187. That's going to give me, $26.73. That's not right. That's not right. Okay, I got it. You probably put 5000 I did. That's exactly what I did. Sorry. Having challenges today. I was about to ask you if I could borrow some money today, but we yeah, said okay. you only made $22. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. Uh, and we're not going to edit that out because that was so painful to go through. <laughs> so $267.30, it would be essentially 38 cents a day. So you're going to take that number, multiply it by 22, the extra days, because that's your daily rate. Okay. So 267 okay. is your daily rate at your base pay. Right. Okay. So you're going to multiply that times 22. So that means an additional $5,882 and 20, 35 cents. Okay. That 
that we're going to have. And that's going to go on top of your base pay. So your base pay is 50 grand. You're actually with those extra days going to make 55,882. Right. Okay. And then if there's a stipend, you add the stipend on that. The yeah. big, the big key here is we don't add the stipend to the base salary and then do the math with the stipend. For the calculating the exactly. daily rate. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, so just understand that. Okay. All right, here we go. Sorry. Your salary includes compensation, compensation for any assigned duties, responsibilities, and tasks, including your dual assignment, regardless of the actual number of hours or days, including days not designated on the school calendar, worked during the contract period, but does not include payment for supplemental duties, as we've already discussed. Your salary shall be reduced for absences and excess of authorized paid leave. And then R says your salary will be paid out over 12 months, regardless of the work schedule specified in paragraph one. Uh, here's another one that contractually you probably didn't realize you were obligated to do. You agree to satisfactorily submit or account for all grades reports, which includes attendance, right? School equipment, uh, can't drop the laptop and not be accountable for it or other required items upon request from the district. So, when we don't submit grades on time, when we don't do attendance on time, we are actually in violation of what the contract says. Now, usually the way that plays out is your supervisor goes, hey, could you please submit your attendance? And, and all of you are probably rolling your eyes right now because you're going, yeah, I'm not good at doing attendance. Hey, guilty. I wasn't either. I was terrible at it. But technically to the letter of the document, that's what it says. So. I wonder if anybody's ever been fired for not submitting their grades on time, like one day after. I doubt it. Or like, no, I don't think grades so. are due by four p.m. I don't. Like, I don't think so. I, but, <laughs> but again, I think you know the, the the most important thing to understand about the contract stuff is, and 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 as we're talking, the reason why we're going through this is it is very much a legal and binding document, and it is something that you, the employee, are agreeing to, and you have to remember too. Most of the time when we sign legal documents created by another organization, it is almost always going to be designed to protect the organization, number one, and number two, it will offer you some protections as well. So that was a term contract I was just reading. There are also probationary contracts, which doesn't offer you a ton of protection if for some reason there's a problem. Um, in terms of your job performance or somebody perceives your job performance is not good, then they don't have to do much to tell you, Hey, this isn't working. You need to move on. Yeah. Right. Term contract. That's, that's quite a bit different. So, um, to understand, you know, and, and again, our, our goal in doing this episode and talking about this was not to throw shade at any side of this aisle. Cause I know a lot of you are like, no, I got to work all this time to get the job done. This is just what the job is. And I know a lot of you are also in that camp of, I should not have to work this many hours. I, I don't necessarily disagree with either approach, but what I am saying is you agreed to this contract, which is a legal and binding document. You agreed. This was the work you were going to do under the supervision of the district. And so that, that is something you just have to understand that is, that is the situation that you're in. Right. Yeah. And I think that, I think that, um, regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, um, we've all been on both sides of the aisle. Absolutely. And, and if you haven't been on one side of the aisle, then chances are when you get away from the job or when you, you know, move into a different position or something that then you'll be on the other side of the aisle or mm -hmm. at least see their perspective. 
and that's, I think that's key too, is, you know, if you are in a staff role, you're not the supervisor. Like we talked about earlier, you're not, you're not designing schedules. You're not creating workloads. Then it can feel like, Hey, do you even care that I have a family? Like it totally can feel like that, you know? Um, but then the flip side of that too, is as the supervisor, you can, can also come at it from the standpoint of, I know a lot of other band programs that they make their people stay so much longer than the average band program. And and we get paid, you get paid the same at this district. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, you, you, from the supervisor standpoint, you kind of look at it and go, okay, there's a, there's a a comprehension piece here that we're missing, you know? And, And that piece is that this is a situation. This is what I agreed to. And in order for us to be successful, I agreed to work under the supervisor and here we go. Now, that's not to say there's no remedy for people being crazy, right? And we'll get into that in a second. Okay. But but you're exactly right. I mean, there there's there's I think the the main thing with understanding the work life balance and what the district expects, I, I think it is very much a consider both sides of the coin and land somewhere in the middle of both extremes. Yeah. And because if you don't, um, if you don't you're either going to burn yourself out because you're just going too hard and just killing it. Right. Or you're going to have your job be in jeopardy because you're not adhering to, you know, the things that you agree to legally. Now that said, I think the shift in let's start taking better care of teachers. I think it is long overdue. And I think that there are a number of things that, um, administrators, and I'm including myself in that we need to do a better job of seeking to understand. And, and, but I also think that that employees need to do a better job of being willing to communicate professionally what the concerns are, you know? And so that's that we'll talk about that in a second. Um, you got anything else on contract expectations? Okay. So quiet quitting. We, We mentioned that. What is that? Um, I mean, I didn't know what this was until a couple of weeks ago talking to you, but essentially <laughs> I think it's showing up to work or not showing up to work and just not doing your best like okay. and, and knowing it. Yep. So basically it's, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do exactly what I need to do to meet requirements and then I'm going to peace out and that's just what I'm going to do. Yeah. Now I know you and I know, me and I know your parents, I know my parents, I was not raised with that mindset. And a lot of us that are our age or older was not, they were not raised with that mindset. Now, some of the younger folks out there, you've started to look at this and went, wait a minute, I'm only making this much and I'm I'm working this many hours. That's ridiculous. And so what ends up happening is we start seeking other areas of employment. We start looking for um, places that will, you know, not only respect our time, but also pay us for the value to the organization. Right. And so there, there are a number of conversations that can happen along these lines rather than just going, okay, I'm just going to do the bare minimum. Because if you you decide I'm going to do the bare minimum, you're not really helping anybody in this, in this place. And, And let me, let me share just a couple of things, a couple of thought processes. Number one, you know, I don't think that you would be okay with your students doing the bare minimum, though, even though some of them probably do. Right. Sure. I suspect you probably have more respect for your content and wh- what you do than to 
to allow them to or be okay with them taking that same approach to their schoolwork. Maybe you would. I don't know. Um, I can't imagine that the, let's say, the goods and services that you buy, the people that do work for you on your house or, you know, your car or whatever, I can't imagine that you would be okay with them doing their job on those things that are really important and critical to you just to the bare minimum. I just, I don't think, you know, and maybe they are and you don't know it, but I don't think you would be okay with it. Um, I really don't. And of course you start talking about things like, you know, medical procedures and like, I don't want the guy that got to see in in brain surgery working (laughs) on me. I, I don't want that. I'm glad he passed. That's great. But, but I think where it really comes down to is like, if that's your, your approach is the quiet quitting thing. I think there's a bigger issue there. And I'm not saying an issue issue with you personally, there's something there that needs to be addressed and is not being addressed. And so let's, let's kind of segue. We've defined quiet quitting. We know kind of what it is. We know a good portion of our population is taking that approach. And so, you know, you have to remember the old company mindset, the the age that we were brought up and our parents were brought up is like, you ride for the brand, you take one for the team. You're there. If your boss says you need to come in on Sunday, you get your butt in there on Sunday, especially yeah. if you're on salary, because you know, in the business world, salary was an excuse for you're going to work whenever I want you to, yeah. which is also incorrect, right? That, right? That's not being respectful. So, you know, it's, it's understanding that we've all been programmed a certain way, whether we want it to be or not, and now we're looking at it and going, wait, wait a minute. This, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel good. I, I don't understand why, you know, I've got, I've got my buddy over here in real estate selling houses and he's banking and not having to work near the hours that I'm having to work. I've got students that are disrespectful, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. you go down that path. So I, I think what, what you have to remember is if you're in a place where you're so frustrated that you are attempting to do the quiet quitting and that's what you're doing, then I think you have to ask yourself, what, what is your goal in remaining in that spot? Like, I I don't know how to go, okay, well, yeah, I did that, that kind of well. Yay. You know, to me, there, there has to be some drive in you to, like you said, do the best work you're capable of. You expect that of those around you. Um, and, and, and I know probably in your own personal relationships, that's not the approach you take, right? Well, some of you are thinking, well, that's, that's personal. That's not work. You're right. You're right. It's not, but it, it, how do you separate the two? How do you go? Okay. I'm only quiet quitting my job. Everything else I'm all in. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how you do that, but, but there are people that are attempting to do that. And, I, I don't know. It, and again, it may be, maybe my age, maybe my upbringing, but I just don't see the value in continuing to do the quiet quitting. If you feel like you need to be compensated more for the time that you're spending, I think that's the conversation that you need to have. I really do. So yeah, now that's let's, great. let's talk about how to have that conversation. Okay. Okay. So how do we have that conversation? Um, you just once you're in a place where you you really like think those things like either you're being overworked or underpaid or both. Yep. Um, you just got to be honest and and ask about it. Okay. But um, 
but when you go and ask about it, I, I would I would say that um, you've got to be ready to you've got to be willing to hear if if that's not going to be the answer exactly. if you're not going to get the answer you want. Yes, and and so but but here's here's what I've found over the years. Um, you know, I've had several conversations like this, and and there's a right way and a wrong way to approach this. You know, mm-hmm. the wrong way is to come in and go you're overworking me. I'm not going to do this. I need a $5,000 raise, but like, that's not how you approach that. You need to schedule a meeting with whoever your supervisor is. Now understand if you're being paid on a teacher pay scale, you don't have a stipend. You don't have days like they'll listen to you, but they're probably going to look at you and go, the scale is what the scale is. We're trying to get everybody up. You know, and this is something that the teachers, actual classroom teachers don't have a lot of flexibility with, with regard to what the actual schedule is. But on the band side, on the coach side, on some of these other jobs, we do have some flexibility because there are so many days, so much time outside of a given week of instruction class where we have to be on the job. Right. Right. So, but you go in and say, you know, basically some, Hey, I'd like to visit with you about, um, the job, like basically what is happening with my position. I'd like to get some advice from you, I'd like to share, you know, how things are going. Um, and, and then you can even also have in your back pocket, some additional resources about what folks are comparable making in in your area yeah and so and and by the way your hr department will have a book that will tell there's a big old book that they i don't remember what it's called but you you can see within your given you know esc service center area what the stipends are for each school district and where they fall so they they already kind of they already have that information so when you go in don't go in and go well i'm going to tell them the guy you know over 20 miles away, it makes $90,000 and I'm only making 70. And, and, and that's my, cause they're going to look it up. They're going to find out, you know? Yeah. And also most school districts will do a pretty good job. I say that it's not most ours. Our school district does a pretty good <laughs> job of looking at pay scale and making market adjustments and increasing those things where they can oh, to, yeah. to make it more uh, attractive to be a teacher in, in the school district, you know? I mean, and I'll tell you, I, I got here 10 years ago and like, it's nowhere near what it used to be. Um, and when we started, it was, it was not great at all. It's so much better now. Um, of course, cost of living's also gone up. So that's a whole nother, another challenge. But, but when you go in and have this conversation, it needs to be respectful, you know? And, and if you'll take that approach, then if you're talking to a guy like me, I'm going to hear you out and go, okay, tell me what you're doing. What, where's the extra What's too much? What what do we need to do differently? Because it very well may be that it's a scheduling issue and not a money issue. It may be that the money is not bad if you could have something removed from your schedule or if yeah. you could have some additional help with something. Like, But we, we do have a tendency to get in that, that mode of I'm so frustrated that nobody sees what I see. I'm so frustrated that nobody is asking me how I'm feeling about that. But here's the problem. You know, there are a lot of people where if I ask them how they're feeling about things, they don't feel comfortable to share with me completely how they're feeling. It's that whole supervisor employee thing and which, which I hate That's I'll be really honest. That is one of the worst parts of my job is because 
sometimes you wonder, okay, am I really getting the whole honest truth here? Because in order for me to be supportive, I need to know all of the details, not like personal stuff, but like, I need to know where you're coming from, where you're feeling about certain things. And, and then at that point I have a choice to make. I can either do what I I can to help, or I can look at you and go, okay, I, I understand your perspective. I disagree. Here are the reasons why I disagree. And again, kind of going back to the contract, like if you don't like my response, you have, um, um, a method for going above me, right? Just about everybody has a way to walk things up the chain of command if you're concerned. But the, the worst thing I think you can do not only for yourself, but also for your family is sit there, get madder, get madder, get madder. Nothing changes and you don't communicate. You don't ever talk to, to your supervisor about it. Now, if you go to your supervisor and they're not interested in talking to you about it, guess what? You probably don't want to work there anymore. Right. And, and that's, that's the whole big piece of it. But I know sometimes as, as band directors, we love to spin up in, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. We're all natural born error detectors, right? I mean, we are. And you know, you see a schedule come out from a principal and, and the band director's beating his head against the wall or her head against the wall because you go, this isn't going to work. I can tell you right now, this is going to work. How did a group of master's degrees sit around a table and go, this makes sense, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think, I think that's something else too, but at the point where you're not willing to share concerns professionally, I think that's at the point where your level of, um, Obviously, your level of buy-in is not there. Your level of effectiveness can't be there. Um, your willingness to do what you probably should be able to do for your students is not there. And your ability to find any fulfillment in doing the job's not there. So then I kind of wonder why we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, Sorry, I know that no, was a big, long rant. No, that's <laughs> great. I When I'm... The only thing I would be careful of, I guess, mm-hmm. other than, you know, obviously you need to be professional when you go in and have have your plan as to like, you know, hey, this is how much people make and all of that. And be, be prepared on it. Um, yeah. But also ask yourself, like, is your outlook going to change if you get what you want? Correct. And so that's, that's a good point. I mean, what I, and you, you touched on it, too, that like maybe it's the schedule and not the pay. Mm-hmm. But I mean. You know, at what? <laughs> ask yourself, like, okay, this this job over here, man, that looks like a rough job. Um, <laughs> yeah, how much money would I have to get paid, right, to like enjoy my my yes. not just my personal life, but my work life? Well, and also, you know, like you also have to think about retirement too, because right. like your highest, I think it's the highest three years. You know, they do the average of mm-hmm. that, and if you work, you know. X amount of years. I don't even remember what it is off the top of my head, but you know, when you, if you retire as soon as you can, it's like you get 63%. Is it 63? It used to be. I mean, I think think it's higher than that. Or maybe it's because I'm, I'm older than you. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, it's not a hundred percent. So even when you retire, it's like, okay, we're going to retire, but we're going to cut out 35% of your income. Yeah. Congratulations. Here's all this free money that, Oh, by the way is, you know, and, 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 We'll pay you more if you work an extra year here. Right, or, right, right. How Meanwhile, long can you do that? And then there's the health care, right? Then right. not only not only are we gonna gonna take thirty five percent of your pay away, okay, but we're also gonna up your your health care costs. Because I mean, why wouldn't you be able to manage that on a fixed income? I mean, that makes total sense, right? Yeah. 
So anyway, Gosh. we can beat that dead horse. Yep. But but I think, um, and again, you know, the episode, we Jason and I both had discussions prior to this about what we were going to talk about and the way we wanted to approach it. Because I don't want to be in a position where I hope nobody feels like we're saying, hey, uh, if you don't agree with it, just suck it up and deal with it. Because that's not what you have to do. And I also, those of you that are like, no, I, I'm a workaholic and I love it and it's not bothering me. Okay. I'm not disagreeing with your approach either, necessarily. I don't know you. I don't know your situation. I probably have my own uh, opinions on on both of those scenarios. But what we're trying to do is tell you the reality of the situation, which is, number one, you applied for a job. You signed a contract. You agreed to terms. You've got to do the job, and if you feel like something's out of whack, then you have to communicate that. If you don't, you sit there, you spin your wheels, you get negative. It impacts everybody else in your life, not just your students, not just the way you're feeling. It impacts your family. I I mean, it does. So don't sit there and go, well, this is just my problem. It's not your problem. It is everybody's problem. And, And the other thing is, there are some school districts that are just complete wackos. I mean, they, they are nuts. The way they approach people is not right. The way they approach students is not right. The way they approach policy is really not right. And and so, you know, if you find yourself where you're in a position where you need to go have a conversation with an administrator about something that is like your legit burnout, you are your mental health, your emotional health, all of that is being compromised, Okay. And, and oh, by the way, just on, I need to say this about the, the emotional, mental health, all of that. There, that's a real thing. Okay. Anxiety, depression, all those things are real. We talked Absolutely. about it a little bit on, the, on, on past shows. There is a key there though, that you have to understand. If you're going to say, this is the way I'm feeling. This is how I perceive this. This is impacting me in a mental health way. The answer cannot be that you simply don't do anything. And that's hard too, especially if you're encountering depression, because a lot of depression is like, I don't, I don't want to do anything. I'm just going to sit here. This sucks. At some level, there has to be some management of coping mechanisms, some learning of coping mechanisms to deal with any of those situations. And quite honestly, if you're in a toxic, nasty situation, then you got to figure out how to cope because you probably need the paycheck and then get out of there. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, last year we helped people with resumes and, you know, job advice. And we're still willing to do that this year too. The, the thing that you have to remember is, you know, number one, it's not always greener. You know, always greener in the other yard. It's not. Right. Um, secondly, no matter where you go in industry, education, tech, there are problems in every possible work uh, environment. There's always problems. It's there's never a perfection type thing. I don't care. I mean, ask you talk to a plumber, you talk to an engineer, you talk to an airline pilot talk to, I mean, any of those jobs and they will tell you, here's the things I don't particularly care for in this job. Yeah. And, and so, so that said, if you're in that place, you, you learn coping mechanisms. If you need therapy, that doesn't make you, that does not make you crazy. That makes you normal, especially if you're struggling to deal with something like a job situation like this, where it's like, okay, I'm just done with this crap. I I just cannot do this anymore. Okay. Well, 
you, when you get to the end of that, you're going to have to do something else. So you've got to learn how to cope with some of those scenarios and situations. And yeah, if it's bad, get out. Absolutely get out. But be willing to have professional conversations with your bosses. If you have a personal issue, if you have a schedule that's just killing you, be willing to have those discussions professionally. And if you'll do that, what I've found over the years is a lot of times when I would go to my principal over things, um, he didn't even know they were happening. I'm like, Hey, this, yeah, we need to take care of that. And then that was the end of it. But there's so many people that are not willing to go, wait a minute, timeout. This isn't going to work. And there's also so many administrators that are not willing to listen. So people feel like they can't and they feel like, Oh no, you're going to, you're going to put a bullseye on me because I'm complaining. Well, don't complain. Stick to the facts. Here's the time I have. Here's what I've got to do. Um, here's what I want to do for the program, for the students. Um, I need some help. Can, can, what, what could we do? And then take it that way. And, and then I'll tell you another thing too is at the level where a campus administrator or supervisor feels like you are no longer on their team, then that conversation is not going to go very well. It's just not. And so that's another part that you have to, to recognize is there is a, how do we feel about this scenario? How do I feel about this employee and, and the job? Like all of our directors on staff here, if they came to me and said, hey, I really have a problem with a workload. Okay, let's talk about it. Because I don't want any of those folks to leave. Sure. I want them to stay here. Yeah. And But that also doesn't mean that we as administrators don't need to be looking for better ways to support you guys and make sure that you have what you need and you are able to execute at the level that we would like to see you execute at, you know? Yeah. So I know I'm kind of droning on, but, but I think, I think that's really important. So all of that said, please don't take this as a, we're telling you, Hey, if you, you sign the contract, you're stuck and just deal with it. That's not what we're saying. And we're also not necessarily saying you don't need to work a million hours. Well, actually I kind of am saying that don't do that. <laughs> Some of you are like, well, I'm going to get the band hall at five thirty in the morning. And you know, I get home about seven. Stop it. Stop oh, it. Gosh. It is banned. It is banned. It is a job. I know you love it. I know you love music. I know you love your kids, but you're going to kill yourself. You're going to kill yourself. Stop it. Um, And and again, if Jason and I can be of assistance uh, with regard to any of this, you need a confidential sounding board. You need to know how to talk to boosters, administrators, any of those people, and see all the angles. I I will be happy, especially on the administrator side. I'll be happy to visit with anybody who needs assistance. Yeah, and and to to add on to that, you know, I've talked to several band directors over the years that they'll tell me a situation and say, like, is this is is this what happens? Like, Mm -hmm. like, are you are you doing the same thing here and 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 so on and so forth? But um, a lot of the time you may find out that yeah, everybody's doing that or, Oh no, I'm, I'm actually doing this much. Exactly. You know, and, and put, put, put yourself into perspective, I guess, with regards to that. Um, and you know, as you're getting, if you're getting burned out and you can't find the positive, just try to focus on the kids, try to focus on, you know, building those relationships because there are a lot of, whether you're in a bad mood or a good mood, there are kids that love you that you teach every single day and would do anything for you. Um, and so just make sure that you are affecting their day in a positive way. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, And that's, that's, that's really good advice. And, and just also, if you need help, like reach out, 
Like talk Absolutely. to a mentor, and, you know, because because if you want to hear some war stories, man, call somebody older than you. You yeah. know, I mean, I always know the right people to go talk to if I want to hear like what it was like back in the day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, and and so, yeah, no, I'm not that that old. So I do have to actually still talk to those folks uh -huh. and which is always a lot of fun because you get you get stories from back in the day and whatever the current medical status is. Right. <laughs> now, that right there should tell you something about taking care of yourself while you're doing this job. Okay. Yep. Should definitely do that. So again, if, if uh, Jason or I can be of assistance to anybody out there listening, um, please let us know. Again, please take this episode with the uh, intent that we planned, which was we just want to give you 100% of the information here that is to be had the way you need to approach this versus spinning yourself up into a place where there's not going to be much return in terms of maintaining your spot or your position in the district. Um, just please, 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 you know, reach out, get some assistance, get some help. Because as soon as you walk through it and you figure out what you need to do now, guess what? You're equipped to help the next person that needs help. And, and that is what we need more of in our profession is people willing to step out and help and take care of each other. Because I mean, again, like I post on our Facebook page all the time, we're, we're better together. We are not better alone, isolated, and and not knowing what needs to happen next. And so many parts of education and the job we do are a mystery. And so many parts we don't want to talk about, we don't want to ask about for fear of looking dumb. And that's just the wrong approach. You don't want to do that. You know, so yep. no judgment here at all um, for, from us. Just let us know if we can help you. And again, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, we'll definitely get back on track with doing an episode about every couple of weeks. Um, and so we'll be back with you soon. But um, just really appreciate you guys, the support. And also, we I don't know if we'll be able to do an episode before TMEA. So this may be the last one we do before TMEA, but we'll both be down at TMEA. If you'd like to visit, meet in person. Just come by the booth. There's not a booth. Stop it. <laughs> No, there's not a booth. There's not going to be a booth. Um, but if you would like to get together, if you have anything you want to talk about, chat about face to face, we'll be happy to make time for you uh, while we're down there. So, Jason, have a good rest of your week. You too, man. Hope it gets a little bit less busy. And uh, we'll see everybody on the next episode.